Welcome to the Hunt League Podcast, where we share hunting stories from the field that help pave the way for others to follow. 100%, I know I hit him. I'm out there just working my butt off, and everything is going wrong. This is your host, Jared Newman. Let's get started. Garrett Weaver, you are on today on the Hunt League Podcast, one of the first ever episodes. We are interviewing the four finalists for the 2021 uh, Hunt League Outdoorsman of the Year. So congratulations on being a finalist, um, and thanks for jumping on the podcast. Thanks, man. I'm excited and, and uh, honored to be able to even be talking to you in this point of the contest. So it's pretty cool, pretty exciting, and, and hopefully, you know, we can do it justice here. So <laughs> <laughs> I know. I, I feel like, you know, you and I met for the first time. I think I sent you something on Instagram in August. Um, I, I had listened to one of your podcasts and I had watched, I had watched a couple of your old, uh, gear review videos, like shooting. I think you were doing a tuning video on like how to bear shaft tune, uh, Mm -hmm. like on a bow, which I had never really heard of or done. And Mm -hmm. just letting you know this, because you wouldn't have known this before. Um, I remember I had just recently shot the fletching, like a fletching off one of my arrows. I was like, you know what? I'm going to try this thing. So I, cause I ripped the other two off. And I could not believe how big of a difference doing that tuning <laughs> method actually made tuning my right? bow. So I was like, uh, okay. It's crazy how, <laughs> how much of a, of a bad tune veins can cover up. Yeah, it, it actually is. And what was crazy to me, though, is like, you know, I, when I watched it, I was like, is this like gimmicky? Or, you know, it's like, because, yeah. you know, why don't they do this at the shops? Like, why doesn't everybody do that? And so uh, when I watched your video at that point, I wasn't sold on it. But after I shot my fletching, I was like, ah, might as well try this bear shaft tune thing. <laughs> it worked. And sometime shortly after that is when I kind of sent you something and said, hey, man, I've actually got an idea with this Hunt League thing I'd love to connect and talk to you about. So Okay. Yeah, I didn't know that. Yeah, you never told me that before. That's yeah. funny. I mean, I think we kind of met briefly, and then it was like, oh, dude, you should get on a podcast. Let's talk about it. And then the next day yeah. we uh, talked about Hunt League and... Um, you had an idea to start a content creator league and invited some buddies and yeah, uh, that was a couple months ago. Little did we know you would put together the season that you put together and in the midst of that qualify yourself for uh, being a finalist. So I don't want to talk about me and how we met. I want to talk about you and your season this year. So uh, that was that, I guess sure. that would have been July. That would have been July when we talked because you started your season August first. Is that right? <laughs> right. You know, a little, a little maybe self-serving there because I, I started. I'm like, let's start at August first because bear season opens in Oregon <laughs> August first. So <laughs> I get it. So uh, and yeah, you did pretty I was, good uh, at the opener. I don't remember. Was it yeah, opening day that yeah. you took your bear? Or what was it? About two hours. I don't know. Two hours in. I actually have my hunt log right here. I have to go back and look at it. But about two hours into opening day. I had a bear on the ground and, and I was, that was my first time actually, um, using hunt league on a hunt. And, um, yeah, I started at six and at seven thirty three. So an hour and a half in, I, I shot my, shot my bear, <laughs> uh, got to the unit at seven twenty five. heard the bear and dropped him at seven thirty. So, oh my yeah. gosh. so that's kind of cool. I just use, I just use the app there, but, um, yeah, so. Okay, it's, so do you think it was the Hunt League app that brought you that kind of luck, or do you think? Uh, yeah, if if it if it if it did, I'll be using it every hunt. So, <laughs> so the first thing we got to get people to do if they want to be successful is download it, then go hunt like the next day, because the yeah, first time sure. you hunt, you'll definitely get something. Yeah, if you're in a dry spell in the middle of elk season, just download the app, and the next day you'll have one on the ground. So okay, well as as we're jumping in interviewing finalists, uh huh. Um, I need you to tell me, give me an overview of your season, because you're not a finalist because you shot a bear opening day. You're yeah. a finalist because of a cumulative factor of number of hunts that you logged, the number of times you were kind of successful, your involvement in the community. There's several things that we look for, and, and even outside of just the direct things that you log and connect in the app, it's also looking at you as a hunter, as an outdoorsman, you know, the things that you're involved with. I know this evening you said you were getting ready to go to something, so... Go ahead and just give us an overview of your season. Like, I, okay. like give us like what happened this year in the field. So I, I, to preface it, I had the worst year I've ever had in 2020. Um, and I just was so just let down, frustrated, just any, any negative noun or adjective you want to use. I, I, I felt everything negative. It just was hanging over me, a big dark cloud. And then so, 
after that season, I, I didn't fill one tag in 2020 and I just wasn't going to do that again. So I started planning and I started kind of just really wanting to put together a really good season to not just redemption, but my freezer was practically empty minus elk burger. I had no steaks, no nothing, man. And so it was like, <laughs> I ate myself out of house and kitchen. Cause I was going to have such a great 2020. I was like, we need to clear the freezer. Um, and we were pretty successful eating most of the meat so we could make way for uh, that year's game and nothing came in. So I'm like, crap, I, I really need to put some meat in the freezer this year. And so I scheduled a um, scheduled. I, I planned to hunt in Wyoming, Idaho, a couple in Oregon, um, spring or uh, fall bear starts August 1st. That's a gimme. It's a general season hunt. Um, usually you can find success, not pretty easily, but pre, you know, pretty easily. It's, it's a pretty predictable animal once you get them figured out. Now, was that, um, in, it, I mean, did you hunt bear in 2020? I mean, you're saying it's a pretty predictable animal. Yeah. 2020 was awful, but you didn't fill um, a bear tag in 2020. So I, I, in the spring, I did kill a really good bear, a uh, really nice black bear in the spring, but from all my fall tags, I, and that was the most of my meat that was in my freezer that year was bear. And then elk burger from the year prior from that bull I killed prior. Okay. So um, I did kill a, a really nice bear in the spring. Um, but I mean, I had a guided elk hunt with my family. We, none of us had ever been on a guided hunt and my wife, um, and no you know, way. I had a really good draw tag and we got long story short, nothing panned out. We, we didn't even get to go hunting on our guided hunt. It turned out to be a big scam. So, um, we, like I said, it was, it was the worst year on multiple levels that we ever had in 2020. And, and after that, I was just like 2021, I I'm going to get back on track. I'm going to put some meat in the freezer. I'm going to get back to having fun, you know, like that yeah. three letter word I always forget to do during the season. I'm going to have fun. And, and, um, and this was the most fun I've, I've had in the woods since I was probably, you know, 19, 20 years old, something like that. And, and so, uh, yeah, so I, I booked a hunt with, or I, didn't, I we went on a hunt in, in Wyoming with my uncle and my dad and, um, it shot, I, we all shot antelope over there, really tough hunt until we finally, <laughs> finally figured out that, Hey, we either have to get on uh, some ranchers property or else we're not going to fill our tags. It's pretty much one of those tags. And, um, were you got seeing really a lot lucky. of hunters? Cause you, you started on public land there. Was there a lot of people pressuring the animals that you were around? And then that's why you said, you know, we've got to get to private or what, what was the, so there's a, there's multiple factors. Good question. So there was a lot of hunters. Um, okay. there was not a lot of antelope. They went through a really bad drought. And there was also a disease that had gone through that area about a year or two prior. So there was just multiple factors building in there. Plus there wasn't, there was like a marginal amount of public land. Like I would say, I don't know, 15% public land Okay. in, in, in the unit. And everybody has onyx nowadays. And so I'm, I'm hunting these swaths of like, I call them land bridges where they're like, you know, a quarter mile long, but only 200 yards wide. And then they lead up into a, like a giant area of public. I'm like, no, one's going to be back here. And then I'd run, I'd go two miles in and then I'd see three guys hiking out. And I'm like, there's no original ideas. anymore, <laughs> You know, like I, 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 and then, so we, after a day and a half or two days of doing that, I'm like, none of us are going to kill anything. We've only talked to the warden who covered the whole unit. And he said, two people managed to shoot bucks, not big bucks, two bucks, bucks on public. On land. public. Okay. Wow. Two on public. Yeah. And so, and, and everywhere you looked on private, there was antelope. It was like, they knew where they were safe. Right. And they knew where they were getting pressured. And so, um, my uncle gets injured, has to go into the hospital for his ear. And while we're in there, I'm just frustrated. I'm like, this isn't, this isn't what we you know expected. This is not, I didn't do any research cause I was just trusting what I heard. And, um, I just started getting on the phone and I started marking on my, as we're driving around marking on my onyx you know the ranches i was seeing antelope on and then yeah. so i started just googling and and making phone calls and and the first person i got a hold of is like sure yeah come on come on <laughs> and uh we have nine thousand acres <laughs> you know it's like heck yeah <laughs> like, thank and, you uh, yeah yeah and he's like it's it's 300 bucks i'm like per person and he's like yes and, and i'm like per day he's like no just 300 bucks you can kill an antelope i'm like deal like we're yeah. going to spend that in two days in gas. Because, I mean, what, what did you spend? I mean, that tag for out of state is like 100 and something. Like, it's not terribly expensive, It's right? not terribly expensive. I was probably into that tag getting over there um, about a grand. You okay. know, food, gas, tag, license, everything. 
And then um, I, so three hundred bucks. I think the doe tags are like a hundred something. I think the buck tags are definitely more for your non-resident. I forgot. Yeah, yeah. You know, I, I wish I could tell you off the top of my head, but I, I just know what I bought. Yeah. And uh and and so three hundred dollars to save, you know, a thousand to twelve hundred dollar investment. Yeah. I'm like, dude, a hundred percent. And plus, you know, it it just was it it just turned our trip around. One lucky phone call. And wow. uh and and in a day and a half we went from just lowest of lows to all tagged out yeah <laughs> it was pretty to feeling cool. like here's 2020 all over again we're repeating exactly, and i just dude. spent I'm like, a whole bunch of money i was apologizing i'm like this is my luck you guys are paying for my luck because it's so it's just like dark, that dark cloud was following me around and then hmm. um and, and what's funny is i almost brought my bow because i just i'm a bow hunter at heart and i'm like i'm just i know if i don't bring it I'm going to I'm going to find an antelope to stand there within bow range. And I actually ended up sneaking up into my uh, antelope <laughs> within bow range. What, what, what's I, bow range? Because your bow range is different than my bow. Yeah, range. I know you. Well, that's tried to I make never ranged him. shots. Yeah, I, I never ranged him, but he was for sure under 80. OK, um, I would say he's probably close to 70 to 75 max. Um, but, you know, when I first saw him, he was. He was full frontal and just basically I just dumped him with my 308 at like, I don't know, for sure less than 80 yards. But yeah. um, I, I, I think I, if I was patient, I could have killed him with my with my bow. A hundred percent, I could have killed him with my bow. And I'm just like, oh, uh, man. yeah, that's, yeah. It's so. still awesome, though. What a cool experience because you got to do it with your dad, with your yeah. uncle. Now, did you grow up hunting with your dad and uncle? Like, was that a common occurrence for you? Like. No. So this is, um, this is a step uncle of mine. Um, and we've never hunted together and this was our first time ever hunting together. Me and my dad grew up hunting. He's the one that basically taught me everything that I know, yeah. uh, for deer hunting, um, and, and everything else, but, but kind of elk. He's, he wasn't much of an, uh, of an elk hunter for, for archery. Um, and you know, it just turned into, um, you know, us three getting to know each other and kind of learning how each other likes to hunt and everything. And there was definitely some stark differences, Sure. Um, uh, in, in difference in opinion, but you I mean, that's just all part of the meshing process. You got two to two, three guys that have never really hunted together. I mean, me, me and my dad have hunted an antelope. Um, it takes forever to draw an Oregon, like 13 years. It took me and my dad to draw antelope tags and we had a blast over there. Um, but we had in a third person that neither, neither of us have really hunted that way with. And it kind of, um, took a little while to get on the same page, but it was, sure. it, we all left happy. I mean, it was it was a good hunt after we got on private property. Okay, now with the antelope, like I know I've I've heard from like some of our group threads and messages mm -hmm. and leaderboards and whatnot. Um, you lost your spotting scope at some point. Did, was that a 2020 <laughs> loss or did you lose that this year? No, <laughs> luckily that was on my last hunt of the year, and I'm pretty sure I left it. So I was glassing um, this big unit with my spotting scope, like 50 yards from the truck, out this blocked off road. <laughs> and I and I start glassing the timber's edge because I'm like convinced I glass the unit. There's nothing in the unit, and we're getting close to dark. So now I'm transitioning my focus to the timber's edge because um, I'm like 99% sure if there was something in that unit, I gave it like an hour worth of glass, um, and it and there wasn't much brush in it. It was pretty slashy still, and I'm like I I've given this a pretty good thorough. So I start glassing the timber's edge, and I see does feeding out, and then I'm like okay, I've got like. I don't know, less than half an hour of daylight for sure. I need to get over there. So I, my wife's asleep in the truck and she was supposed to be shooter, but she's dead asleep. Doesn't want to get out. It's windy. It's cold. And so I, I beat feet over there about, you know, three or about a quarter of a mile, a third of a mile. And I get as close as I could to that, to that herd. It's, it's that time of year when the bucks are really starting to show up. And, um, what, what and, time and of year is this? Give it, give me the, this is, your, um, you said this is your last question. big game hunt of the year or this was my last, um, big game hunt of the year. And is and that Idaho me, or is that Oregon? Cause this was, this was Oregon. This was like a week after Idaho. And this is your black tail. This is my black tail. And it was a Thursday, 11, 4, 2021. And so, yeah, 11, four. And, um, it was five fifteen when I spotted the does and then uh 5:34 when I spotted the buck. Okay. And then and then um apparently I shot him around 5:41 and um and, and dumped him on on the second shot. Luckily. Now, when is when is the peak of your rut in Oregon? Like if somebody's going to go blacktail hunting, like you know, you're saying this is the time of year where the does, you know, the the bucks are going to kind of be hanging out is is November like a lot of whitetail country that first week in November is like prime time, but 
I know yeah. like Arizona, they're in prime time right now. You know, it's like it's January is kind of when that's happening. So what's happening in Oregon with, with the rut is is November. Is that prime time like right there? Most people would say November's prime time uh, in Oregon. Most most people would say, but there's different stages of the rut, obviously. So if you're trying to rattle them in late, yeah. you know, last week of October is mm -hmm. really good for rattling them in because a lot of the bucks are, are chasing and fighting that time of year. Yeah, they're curious, establishing territory. Exactly. All that stuff. And, and then you start transitioning to where you're getting the bucks with the does, um, you know, last week of October. And then you start really getting that, um, you know, those two first two or three weeks in November. It's really good. Um, some of the best days I've had in the woods, though, have been Thanksgiving. I mean, that's pretty late, but I mean, that that rut's going on and they're chasing, you know, there's still people popping up trail cam videos, bucks chasing does right now, and you know, they're getting ready to drop. And so, um, you know, on average, I would say, I would definitely say, you know, November is is the time to be in the woods if you're deer hunting. Okay, so in Oregon, did you have your spotting scope? We're going to jump right back. Did you have your spotting scope <laughs> on the trip to Wyoming? Was that a... Was, yes. that a, was that a place where you're setting up in the truck and glassing a lot? Or are you using binoculars for the most part? What like, Just because I've never done that Wyoming. I've done yeah. a pronghorn hunt in Colorado. I don't know your landscape there. You had a spotting scope. What, what's the tactic there? So tactic there is literally just cover a lot of ground. And then you're basically... Um, when you, when, what we were doing, we were driving around, we were glassing and, and sometimes they, you think antelope, they stick out like a sore thumb. You'd be surprised how many times they don't. So taking your time can really, really increase your odds of ambushing, because if you can see them before they see you, that's half the battle. Um, and so, you know, we would drive around, we would glass, we'd, we'd pick them out. Um, you get within about a thousand to 1200 yards and they'd take off. I mean, that's pretty normal. Um, and so did you have uh, any terrain to work with? Like, uh, we had a lot of terrain, a lot of terrain. It wasn't like super flat. There was a lot of breaks and ridges and that's how I was able to get so close to my antelope. I just used the terrain to get there. And, okay. and, um, you know, you could, you could make a, a lot of stocks into about five to 600 yards. There's a lot of, a lot of breaks in the terrain to be able to do that. It was like perfect for, for bow hunting, honestly. I mean, there could have been more terrain to use, um, for bow hunting, but it was, it was probably like an eight out of 10, eight out of 10 for being able to play a stock you know and and um it was yeah so we basically glass and if you found some antelope um you then you take out the spotter and, and then really give you know a buck a, a look if it looked like it was something you're interested in and i heard you kind of say we, we have a bear down kind of the first day of august you yeah. got a november 4th buck when is yeah. when is this pronghorn hunt when where are we at in the um year? so that would be uh, like october 1st is when it opened um and then we probably shot ours on like the third or the fourth. I mean, give me a sec here. I'll go look. But um, when you say shot ours, did everybody shoot a, a pronghorn on the same day? No, me and uh, Shorty did, my uncle. Um, I, so it was the third. We shot ours on the third. So we hunted for two days, got our butt kicked for two days. And then on the third day, um, I got access to the property. So it was late on the second day. And we got there before dark and like immediately my dad shoots one. Okay. And so, and, uh, and then I just, just, I'm like, he's like, we just need to get the morale up. So he shot like the first decent buck. <laughs> Any he legal saw. buck at that yeah. point is going down. <laughs> yeah. He's like, we need to turn this trip around. And then the next morning my uncle shoots one. And then, um, I find I, 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 so we drew, we drew straws and I was the first shooter. Okay. And so my job was to either, basically you know shoot or get off the pot kind of thing yep. right like shoot or need, pass. To, like if this yes. isn't yours give it give it away Who exactly wants to take so it? i would i would make quick snap judgments nope 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 and then and they're like well i'll shoot that one well i'll shoot that one you know and i, I was pretty picky and then uh um after it was just me i, I kind of lowered my standards because I, I didn't i feel bad keeping people there when i'm passing legal yep. animals up and so yep. i i shot the next um, I shot at the next buck I wanted and I actually missed and, um, he was a little bit bigger than the one I shot. Uh, wasn't near as pretty though. And, uh, just rushed the shot. I mean, I, the wind, I overthought the wind and, and it was only 330 yards and, and all day long. I can, I can make that shot, but I, you know, I, I rushed the shot, overthought the wind and, and he got away. And then, so <laughs> I'm uh, shorty takes his buck back to camp. So, cause it's getting hot. And, um, I'm walking with two shells in my pocket, put those in my gun and, and I'm like, crap, I'm walking out in the middle of the desert with two, two bullets. All my bullets are in the truck. That's going back to camp. 
And so, and I know there's two bucks over here. I was looking at before I shot at this one. So I'm like, I, this is not, <laughs> this is not good, you know? Yeah. And so, um, yeah, so we, we, I was able to do it. And I told my dad, you know, I had that buck, I shot at 500 yards for half an hour. And I'm like, I know I can make the shot, but with two bullets, I mean, that's, that's, I don't know. I don't like it. Cause there's a lot of wind. Um, and I'm like, I, I just, I would feel more comfortable shooting at an animal if I was a hundred percent sure it was yeah, going to be a it wasn't shot the right kill. setup. Yeah. Yeah. You know? And, and so that's what pushed me to make that stock. And, and my dad was, it was actually my dad's idea. We argued about it, you know, not like seriously, but like we're debating about it for a while. And then finally he's like, you just need to go up there and shoot that thing. Like, I don't know what you're even waiting for. Just go up there and shoot it. It's like, all right. Cause I was, okay. I was making this whole elaborate plan. I was going to get in front of him, let him feed out, you know? And yeah. And uh, so I listened to the old man and he, he, he still doesn't let it down to this day. He's, he's like, yeah, you just need to listen to me more often. So, <laughs> see, see, son, yeah. that's, how, yeah, exactly. that's how it gets done. I, I know I should have just missed on purpose. I'm like, I told you, <laughs> I told you dad. Yeah. <laughs> oh, that's awesome. Okay. Yeah. So, so far you've given me a little bit of history on a bear hunt. You've given yeah. me a, uh, the pronghorn and you kind of gave us a little bit of a story about losing your spotting scope a sleeping wife, a last yeah. hunt of the year, you took a blacktail. You got one other big hunt in there that I've seen in the app, and it is. Uh, and go ahead and tell us a little bit about that hunt. Um, well, I, I've got the the Idaho uh, deer, which I got my butt kicked on. Um, and, and why? Then what I, was that? What kicked your butt there? Um, ev <laughs> everything. everything. <laughs> Was it, were Gear you solo? failures? Were you with Were you with other people, or what so was that? So that one was a special hunt for me because it was with my stepdad and him and I never really got to hunt much together because me and my dad were spent hunting together and yeah, was that kind was of kind of just your this, thing. Yeah, you know, and 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 you know, I would have liked to hunt with my stepdad more more, but just you know, there's there's always that weird that weirdness there, you know, when you have a dad and a stepdad and two families, it's just it's just weird, right? So sure. um, I never really got to hunt with him much um, growing up and. And, um, so that was our first hunt together, um, that we both had tags on. He, he actually went over there a couple of years ago with me to the same spot when I had a bow tag, just because my mom was like, you need to go with him. So he's not by himself kind of thing. Yeah. And, um, and so he did, we had a great time. We spent Thanksgiving together there. And, um, but this was the first time him and I were both hunting together. He had a tag. I had a tag. He was, he's just, he's not, he's not, you know, he shoots the first, usually the first one he sees, he doesn't care. He's just there to have fun and and put some meat in the freezer and, and, um, he had a pretty full freezer from butchering some, some cows on the property. And so he's just there to have fun. Right. And so, um, I'm out there just working my butt off and <laughs> getting, everything is going wrong, man. Like my brand new crispy boots that I wore. Um, I, I bought them on a, a couple of years ago. Super happy with them. Yeah. Um, the, the Nevada Gore-Texes, um, never leaked prior. Well, on, this hunt with the new boots um same same model and everything they were leaking oh, um, my no. tent door broke my sleeping bag zipper broke my scope uh, was fogging up on me same one i used on the on the blacktail um my rain gear was leaking it's just everything just everything it was a culmination of just everything that could go wrong was going wrong the, oh, the box so this is idaho and it's really wet when you're hunting or what Dude, it was, um, I, I thought it was actually warmer. So over there, it's, it's a more of like a dry cold and a dry, like, like when it snows, it's like more of like a dry snow. Yeah. I know it sounds really weird, but if you, if you come over to Oregon and it snows, you will totally understand. It's like a 32 degrees over here in Oregon is probably like a 15 degrees over there in Idaho. It sure. just, it just doesn't feel yeah, as it's cold. It's that humidity there. that's in the air, all that stuff. It's and just, yeah, the powder it's just with over the snow here. is a lot. It's fine yeah. in Idaho, but it's thick and heavy there. And it is. I mean, a 32 degrees over here, and you're like frozen to the bone. And over there, like I was walking around a long sleeve shirt, and I'm like, man, it's got to be like 50 degrees. And it turns out it was 39. I was like, crap. <laughs> like, you know, and so, but I, I took some videos um, of me and my cousin and my cousin was over there and we were sharing the same camp. And that was the first time I got to hunt with my cousin too. And um, his name is Bubba. And so Bubba shot a big buck way back in there, farther than I would have shot a, a buck back in there, um, on especially being by myself. On, 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 on this that trip, trip or previous? Okay. On, on this trip. Yeah. I forgot to say he, we, we ran into him on the, on his last day of being there and, um, he shot a nice four point and the, it just right before the storm breaks. And it was like, 
I want to say it was like 40 or 50 mile an hour winds and like torrential downpour. And it was, it was, uh, probably in the low forties, um, or upper thirties. It was really cold. <laughs> it was really wet. Yeah. And we had, um, just under five miles back to camp and not like a friendly five miles. It was steep and deep and, and yeah, back it was, gnarly, it was gnarly. Five miles. and it was the biggest bodied buck I have ever seen. It didn't have a giant rack. Um, no offense, Bubba. Uh, but it, it didn't have a giant rack, but it had the biggest bodied buck I'd ever seen. I mean, I, I've seen bucks that were over 200 pounds, um, and pushing 225, And this thing was like bigger and he used to guide. And I'm like, dude, this thing has to be over 200. He's like probably 250, dude. And I'm like, wow, holy crap. Wow, yeah. It was wow. a giant yeah. buck. And so, um, him and I were both on the same page. I'm like, this has to be over 225. He's like, this is everybody that probably closer to 250 is like, I've guided and I've never seen a buck this big and it was just giant. Okay. So, That's pretty cool. Yeah. But it was awesome. Had, did you, and you helped with that pack out or he was yeah, already kind yeah. of on his way out when you were going in. No, no. So we were hunting together and then I'm, I'm in a spot a couple years prior is really good. Just a lookout spot. I had big rocks and I could get out of the wind. I could, um, and I was, I could get some rest if I want to get a little bit of a nap. And, and, um, so I was just chilling out behind those rocks. He's like, I'm going to keep going. I'm like, all right, all right. And so about 45 minutes later, I'm I'm done glassing, and I'm, like, starting to shut my eyes, and then I, I hear um, my phone go off, and he's like, hey, I got one. I was like, <laughs> oh, my gosh, dude. I, uh, you know, are you in such and such canyon? He's like, yeah, but I'm way down here. <laughs> I'm like, <laughs> oh, man. You know, like, congratulations. Thank you. But, uh, I, I hope you shot a good one. Yeah, it <laughs> Just, better be worth it. It better be worth it. And, and that was actually his best buck and, um, you know, biggest body buck, as I said. And, and um, you know, my or my pack, I carry quite a bit of gear around. So my pack was probably close to 70 pounds and his was his was heavier than mine. Wow. Um, and that's including gear and, and uh, buck meat, and, you know, bone in. Yeah. Uh, actually, no, no, we boned it out. We boned it out. Yeah, you deboned it. Be, being that deep, I mean... You want to try to trim as much of that weight as you can, but yeah. So him being a guide, he was pretty quick at um, at uh, quartering it out, and then he just hand me it, and then I'd bone it out. So we kind of had like a quick process, and and uh, we were actually done pretty quickly doing that. But it was it was the worst pack out besides for for deer I've ever had. I mean, it was it kicked it kicked my butt okay now and, what uh, what day is this of your hunt in idaho like you're helping oh, him pack out on day two okay so this is day two because we're spending yeah. a lot of time talking about bubba's big buck but not your big buck which bubba's big buck doesn't qualify <laughs> you for the outdoors of the year that's true so that's true so how do we get to your buck and how many days into this idaho hunt are you before oh, you um, finally decide to pull the trigger on your own buck. Yeah, and, so and are, fast. And I'm assuming you, you're rifle hunting, correct? You're talking about snow. I'm, I'm rifle hunting. Yeah, I'm rifle October hunting. Is this October again? Is this November? Where this, are we at? This is late October. I wanted to try and catch the rut because that's when a lot of the big, bigger bucks get pushed down off the high peaks. Um, and I passed up 16 or 15 bucks. All of them were dinks. And I'm not a trophy hunter. Just all of them were absolute freaking dinks. And it was like, dude, I didn't come drive 14 hours to shoot a dink. And walk five miles into deep backcountry. Yeah, we're, I mean, we're doing um, anywhere from, I would say, 10 to ten to 13 miles a day okay. in, some, in some nasty country. And so you're worn out, right? Yeah. And um, so I shot that buck on the 26th. The one I shot was the 16th buck I saw is the one I shot and he was the second biggest buck I'd seen. Um, the, the biggest buck I'd seen alive, the first buck, you know, biggest buck would have been Bubba's. And, uh, and he was just a fork and horn and he wasn't even a big fork and horn. He was a nice one, but, yeah. um, you know, I'm like, I was talking to my wife and I'm like, I'm just not really having that much fun. It's pretty much just been a suck fest, you know, the whole six or seven days I've been here. And, um, I like, I'm pretty much ready to come home. I'm ready to shoot the next thing. And she's like, well, don't settle but shoot the next one that gets you excited and, and just go have fun. And, and I did that exact thing. When I saw that white face across the Canyon, I didn't like, dude, I'm sh That's a buck. I'm shooting him. I didn't, I didn't even care. I just, I knew with that white face and I'm like, that's gotta be a, that's gotta be a decent buck. I mean, yeah. he's not an absolute dink. And, um, well, you know, so there's I, a little bit of maturity there. Like it's a, when you got that white I mean, face, it's not, you know, it's not just a yearling or something like that. It's it not, wasn't it's, a yearling. It was probably a second year fork and horn yeah. probably. And, and, um, I'm guessing so probably a, you know, two and a half to three and a half year or probably three and a half year old deer, pretty young deer. But, 
Um, he just he just had that pose that he was on the prowl and he was rutting, and I'm like, that got me excited. Like, there's a buck that's looking for does, and yeah. and he's by himself, and and it got me excited. And I saw him across the canyon, and um, he was 300, and I think like 30 yards or something like that. And um, I'm sh- I'm on a steep downhill, and he's on a steep uphill, and so it's really hard to get a, a steady shot when you can't lay down or set yeah. up bipods, and so. I leaned up against the hill. I took my pack off. I put it in all, basically like on my on my thighs, and I and I laid my gun on top of it, and I just leaned back as far as I could, and um, and just steadied the crosshairs and smacked them on the first shot, and missed them on the second shot, and then calmed myself down on the third shot and put another one right through them. And both my bullets were about oh three inches apart. So what, I, would, what was your distance? Oh three thirty, I think. Okay. Uh, actually, let me check. I probably I probably recorded that. Um, 325 yards. 325. Yeah. Um, well, at oh, least I'm not misremembering it or, or exaggerating. Yeah, there you go. <laughs> like, I don't know, so, 700 yards. It was, yeah, oh, you should have been there. My best shot, but <laughs> yeah, you know, this app does a good, uh, good job of keeping you grounded. So, <laughs> yeah, it's hard to come back and lie or, or exactly it you when it's like, oh, actually, I read that hunt log and uh, that definitely was not yeah, the best. Yeah, distance. you're full of crap. <laughs> No, that's great. So, okay, so you had four. I mean, you have a you have a bear, you have a mule deer, you have a black tail, yeah. and you have a pronghorn. Yeah. And now we've covered three states. You've got Wyoming, Idaho, and yeah. you doubled up in Oregon. Anything else like, on the year? Uh, I, I did. Um, my second tag I filled was that was that bull I killed, and that's probably the probably the craziest story out of all of them. Um, and only because we, you know, I shot him and I gave him, I made good, two good shots on him. Um, and the bull made it so far. Um, I started second guessing myself, right? Is this and archery or rifle? Where archery. Sorry. Yeah. So archery, um, archery season. It's, um, oh gosh, what, what was the day I killed that thing? It, it was, was nine early September, wasn't it? Like September 4th, September 4th. Yeah. And, um, you, you would have thought it was September 20th, the way he was just, or the 16th, just the way he was just fired up. But, um, I have friends that sent me a video of that same bull bugling. They called him into like less than 10 yards or something like that before season. They just okay. called to him and he ran right to him. Like he when was did, fired when up. When does season open for you guys? Um, last Saturday of August, closest to the beginning of September. Okay. That used to be the way that Colorado did it, but they've recently changed that. So you had a week of season, but that bull had already been fired up mid August or something. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. And that's not very common, but every year, if you go around trancing around the woods, you know, a week before season, usually, usually you can find a bull that's just screaming his head off. There's, there's gotta be an early estrus or something. And, and, um, so we found this bull, um, and me and my buddy, Brad Powell, and, and immediately he's like, I want to call that bull in for you. You know, like let's, you should shoot that bull. You found him and, I'll call him in for you. I want to bring my bow. I'm like, bring your freaking bow. But yeah, I appreciate it. Yeah. I'd love yeah. to have a caller. And, um, and so we couldn't kill the bull the first night we seen him. We got close ish. Um, uh, if we had more daylight, we could have killed him. And then, um, so we come up with a game plan and I think it's, uh, that was a Friday evening. I want to think, I want to say, cause the next day there was people everywhere and it must've been a, a Saturday when I shot him. Um, you'd have to, I'd have to go back and look. And, um, so there was three other groups of hunters trying to move in and kill that bull when I shot him. Yeah. And it was just crazy. That's public and land. Three other hunters were coming in because this bull is screaming. Like he's, he's being vocal. So he's very glassable. He's in the middle of a unit. He's right next to a main road and he's very vocal. So it's like, <laughs> you know, it's like, the and, and you got, yeah, and you got Brad um, down in the bottom next to the main road, who sounds like a giant Rosie when he when he chuckles, and so he had hunters moving in on him. <laughs> so it was just like, dude, there's people everywhere, and so we knew right where we wanted to be at daylight. We got below the bull, so we could play the thermals, and basically it was just going to be him keeping them raking because he was raking like I got video of, of of the bull raking and bugling the night before, and he was doing the same thing the next morning. I'm like, if you could just keep them doing that. I'll sneak into 30, 40 yards and I'll just smoke them. Like it, it won't even be a, a thought, a second thought. We'll just kill them like that. I won't even have to make a peep. And um, that was working out perfect until the guy that was up above um, on the same ridge as the bull bugled. And what that did is it made that bull want to go all the way around up or on top of the ridge and put himself between the herd and the bull that was bugling at him. Right. I mean, that just makes sense. And, and uh, 
So he was kind of that bull started playing defense um, with the hunter up there. Wasn't going to leave his herd, but he wasn't going to let that bull have free range to him. And so I have to go all the way to the top of the ridge. And um, I, I shot that bull and I ranged. I probably misranged him because it was pretty brushy. Um, but I had a completely open shot. But he was there was a lot of um, brush that was tr- hard. My arrow was going to go over the brush. But okay. laser range finding him, it was yeah. hard. Hopefully that makes sense. Yeah. And um, so it was 80, 78 yards, but I think he might, it might've been a little farther than that. So I, I think I shot right under him. Okay. Like barely right on him. Cause he acted like I hit him um, when I shot at him and 80 yards is completely in my wheelhouse. And he was, he was broadside staring at the other hunter. So he wasn't moving. And um, at that point, are you quiet? Are you I'm letting that quiet. hunter do his calls while keeping an eye on the bull? So he's calling and then that way you can just, I mean, it's as if you brought a, your own caller, but uh, you, well, let, you let I another mean, public the guy, hunter be your caller for you. Yeah, so good question. So as I'm literally aiming at the bull, the, the other hunter is in my view about 150 yards in line with the bull above the bull, up, way up on a ridge. It's super okay. steep. So, I mean, it's like we're all directly in line with each other. So as I'm drawing my bow back, I'm, I can see the other hunter just sitting on sitting on a stump. Or, or just hiding behind a stump or something. Yeah. And I can see the bull looking up the hill for another bull. And so as he's doing that, I I'm ranging him and, and, um, Oh, I forgot to say that I snuck right up into his herd. So, um, I knew he was where I last seen him. He had to be close. And, um, and then, so I come around this reprod tree, which is a really young tree for folks. that don't know what a reprod tree is a fir tree. And I peek around and I see elk fur and I'm like, oh crap. And then I peek around a little farther and then I see two eyes staring at me and we're, we're within, I don't, we're, we're very, very, very close. I mean, we're within 15 yards of each other. I think, I mean, we're like staring at each other. <laughs> like that's like, pretty much like, uh, this is over. Cause as soon as they well, storm out of there. Yeah. And so I'm like, you just stay there for about one minute. And then, so I, <laughs> I just slowly sneak back around like no big deal. And then I walk right into his spike who's feeding up the hill about 30 yards in front of me and then i got his whole herd everywhere of like almost they weren't quite 360 around me but like 180 like all the way like straight around and then out in front of me and i'm like i am in the herd and then i see him on the ridge and that's when i realized he had gone up and over and he's on that next little finger and um so i shoot and i thought i smoked him i'm like perfect he reacted to it you know like just like he shot him right in the heart yeah and he starts running down the hill and now he's facing looking all around back towards the herd at that point coming back towards me okay and like down the hill but coming quarter kind of kitty quarter in my direction he's at 62 yards now facing directly uphill looking around and i range him again at 62 yards i pull back and if you already have an arrow in an elk you put another one in him that's pretty much the general accepted rule and so thinking i already had an arrow in the bull i draw back and i shoot for a full like a complete full frontal like just perfectly frontal and i smashed him right about maybe about an inch or two low where my where my pin was you know he again it's hard to range and get an accurate range and on the coast um but it was accurate enough to put that arrow within about two inches um of where i wanted and it goes all the way through him comes out his uh left ham right in front of his left ham yeah and um immediately like i'm like i know i hit him that time like 100 he's acting lethargic goes out and then i get another shot at him broadside at 62 and i'm i'm well, you said you just said 62 in the last one was it another yeah. like did he he moved he walked but all he basically the way was the me. same distance from you yeah he walked all the way below me and I'm, I'm i'm drawing on him but it's so brushy at 30 yards he's walking below me and i can't get a shot and so he has to keep walking past me so he walks within 30 yards of me keeps walking below me gets on the next little finger ridge and now brad saw him and he's like going crazy down there bugling and all sorts of stuff and so the bulls were looking down at brad and i'm like i don't see any blood coming out or anything and and i'm like all right i'm just gonna shoot you again and so i ranged him for 62 and i put my i put the pin right where i wanted and then i'm like okay go off go off go off and then i see that bull's weight start to shift forward and he's starting to take a step and so i put it right in front of his chest and then that bow went off as soon as i got right to the front of his chest and he walked perfectly right into that arrow and I shot him about shot him a little low. So all my shots were a little low. It was really hard to range them correctly. Like I said, yeah, but I shot him. I shot him within about two inches of the heart. Um, and it, it got bought the bottom of both lungs right behind the heart. 
Um, and uh, he made it 400 yards before he tipped over. Now, you said this hunt was the craziest hunt, and is that because you had the other hunter and the pressure of the other guys? Or what, you know, like, like I'm, I looked back at this hunt log, but I want you to tell everybody yeah. here what made this uh, one of the craziest hunts you've ever been on. Because well, what you it, said is like, I mean, yeah, that, that's an adventure. There's another hunter. There's, this, there's a lot of factors going on. You're in the middle of a herd. Yeah. But you had something pretty extraordinary and somewhat, like, terrifying yeah. happen in the midst of this hunt. So give us the finale here. Yeah, so um, so we give the bull three and a half hours because I'm like, that's not enough time for him to spoil. It's perfectly cool over here on the coast. And um, and I just I lost confidence of my shots after he went that far. And I watched him walk the whole way. I was like, this is silly. And because um, I know I got really two good arrows in him for sure. And the third one should have hit him, too. And um, so we give him three and a half hours. We start working our way in and it's 15 probably year old reprod. So it's like 10 yard visibility. Okay. Super thick. And we're following the blood trail. There's bubbles in it and there's some dark blood and, and so there's you're some seeing light lungs. blood. You see maybe I, I see lung or... blood. I see, I see everything. Cause that frontal error front front uh, frontal arrow had to go through everything. I mean, I had to get like yeah. 90% of the goodies including through the guts, you know, through everything. I mean, it just, yeah. it just kept going. It never stopped. And, and, um, so long story short, we're following in on the blood trail. And, um, when we start hearing these weird noises, like it sound almost sound like a sow, a sow with cubs, like weird noises, like chomping noises, like, 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 uh, like, 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 like cubs. I'm yeah. like, just really weird. And then that turned into, a heavy breathing and snarling and twigs snapping in about the fraction of a second. Once we What's pushed in a little, like where are you here? How far away are you hearing um, this from? Twenty yards. Okay, 20, so 20 this yards. Is your, whatever you're hearing is close. It's so close that you can hear it breathing, but you can't see it because it's so <laughs> thick. Oh man! And uh, and I got. If you want to go on my Instagram, you can watch the whole thing. I I, I videotaped it with my phone. And, um, and so eventually it gets, starts getting aggressive and everything just starts amping up. And I'm thinking, what the hell is this thing? You know, cause if it's got cubs, the cubs sounded like it was farther away. So we're not in between him and the cubs or her and the cubs. It's it, nothing's making sense at this point, I mean, yeah. but, but it's on my blood trail. So I'm like, well, it's probably claiming my bull, whatever it is. Yeah. You've got to be thinking it's probably a bear cause it smelled the blood. And it came yeah. in and, it, you know, it's trying to get a quick meal here. And yeah. it's probably and ripping point, your guts. You know, yeah, guts and at this out. point, I can smell my bowl. Not okay. rotting, but I can just smell him. Yeah, the rut. Like, the, the smell yeah, I can smell bowl, it. Yeah, it's a And I'm like, this smell. has to be something, either a cougar or a bear. It has to be something on my bowl. And so we back out a little bit. We kind of, me and Brad are kind of talking it over. He's like, let's push in. I'm like, dude. Uh -huh. I, and my wife just got her concealed permit. So I don't have my pistol that I usually have, her pistol technically, because she's now carrying it with her. And so neither of us have a firearm and I'm thinking, great, oh you know, I'm going to hear about it later. You know, <laughs> how big of an idiot you are. You don't have a firearm. And um, so we push in. Brad pushes in even farther. I'm like, dude, he's like, just tell my wife this is how I wanted to go. <laughs> <You know? laughs> Little John Wayne moment. Like. Yeah. Yeah. And um, and so long story short, he pushes in that the cougar turned out to be a cougar. He ended up getting charged to about 12 yards. Oh, my gosh. Close enough to where he got a glimpse of it. And then so I'm like, what is it? What is it? What is it? And um, and you can just tell we're amped up in the video. I'm like, because I, I said full adrenaline, cougar yeah. or mountain lion. I'm like that. And I'm like, wait, no, is it a cougar or a bear? You know, I'm like, it's just like puma, I'm like, cougar, mountain lion. What yeah, is it? Yeah, right. Exactly. Uh, like or I'm like, and it was it was so fast. He didn't even have time. We were knocked and ready to go. Oh, and my he didn't gosh. have time to draw. It was on him that fast. Oh, and yeah. It was just luckily. Yeah, go ahead. No, it's just like, yes. Oh. I mean, that, like a cougar, when they move, if they're in 20 yards, you have no chance to draw back no. before no, that you're, would be you're on thinking, you. You're thinking, well, I just would shoot him. Like, dude, you don't even have a chance because he got about two um, expletives out of his mouth yeah. before that cougar was already done done charging him. Like, it already charged him and turned the corner. Yeah. And um, so I'm like, okay, this is we're done. We're backing out. And uh, we catch a guy pulling a trailer um, up the hill, and I yell at him, hey! And so he slams on the brakes and and, and he's like, what? And I'm like, you got a gun? <laughs> and the guy guy's name turned out to be Mark. Super cool dude. And he's like, I always got a gun. I always got a gun, <laughs> like, son. You're my kind of guy. What are you guy. doing out here without one? Exactly. I'm like, I know. I'm going to hear about it. And and, um, and I'm like, so I tell him the situation. And he, <laughs> he hops out with this 44 mag 
revolver, dude. It's like a dirty, <laughs> yeah. hairy pistol. And he goes right in there. He's all fired up. He's going to bag himself a cougar. And, and um, he gets in there and he's like, well, I don't see your I don't see your cougar, but I see your bull. <laughs> it's like, holy crap. And and that where, where that that cougar was was and hanging out was right where my bull was. And so we've okay. come to the conclusion that it was a big cougar that had claimed my bull. And um, and so we we were able to process it and take care of it. And he brought um, a bunch of friends back after he parked his trailer, which turned out to be the same friends, some of the same friends I have. And so we ended up packing out my bowl and it was the easiest pack out I've ever had. And, and they even brought, brought us beers. We drank a beer on the way out. <laughs> a it good was way fun, to dude. celebrate the day. Yeah. That's I mean, awesome. it died um, where it would have died. If it would have died where I shot it, it would have been a fairly hard, fairly easy pack. I mean, just straight downhill to the truck, but it ran, to the truck about 100 yards from the truck on flat ground oh what and a it dream. was about 80 yards from the main road and it was like dude <laughs> thank you, you script this I couldn't <laughs> thank script you this. yeah and plus we had some good samaritans pack out like 90 percent of the bull they wouldn't wow. they wouldn't take it any other way i'm like all right whatever well what what on earth man what a year like just looking back yeah that so you got five big game animals now when we're doing the outdoors from the year stuff what we were looking at is like all right you got five big game animals You've used a rifle, you used a bow, because you know we we want to see that diversity of method of take. Like, what qualifies you as an outdoors in the year? It's not just one discipline. It's not just like, well, I hunt this same area and this is all I'm good at. You know, like, you you, you really demonstrated diversity and success in both. You have three different states, places that you've never been. You have different disciplines. You know, obviously, when you're saying you're comfortable taking a 70 yard, 80 yard shot. That's because you've practiced at that distance. That's not just because it's like, no, I'm comfortable because my site says this is where 80 should be. Like you right. have, you have spent the time. You well, know, I appreciate sure. you saying that. Yeah, because I mean, I, a lot of guys get grilled, um, you know, for saying those kind of things. I, I really don't, and I think it's because I have enough YouTube videos online of me practicing, showing people, you know, talking about shooting through brush you know finding out what it, what does it really take for your arrow to get deflected what can you i have all these videos online so i, do, I really don't get bashed that often i mean bow hunting is about how close you can get and i say 80 yards so unbraggadociously that i am more proud of my 17 yard shot than i am my 80 yard shot i because if the, i shot a bull the purpose at five of yards, that hunt it, with a bow i mean your target is to try to get as close to that animal as you can 100% like I am I am way more impressed by somebody that shoots something at 10 yards than somebody that shoots something at 100 like way more impressed at, at the 10 yard shot that takes way more skill um, it takes a little bit different set of skills to shoot something at 100 but it takes a lot more discipline I think to shoot something um, woodsmanship wise at a closer distance and um, you know I I mean I as a hunter my my theory is if it's in my wheelhouse I draw back and I'm not hoping to hit it I know I'm going to hit exactly where I'm aiming, then it's a good shot to take. If you're drawing back or you're working the action on your gun and you're hoping to hit whatever you're shooting at, you shouldn't be shooting at it. You should have 100% certainty that you're going to make that shot. And every shot I take out in the woods, I, I have that confidence. that I, it, yeah. even, even when I miss, you know, that the antelope I screwed on, on this year, as soon as I missed it, I'm like, I know exactly what I rushed it. You know, I punched yeah. the trigger. It was just a mental error. But um, I'm way more proud of the, of the close shot. So if, if folks are listening to this, you know, bow hunting is about getting close, but it's also about putting meat in the freezer. I'm not going to pass up a shot um, that I know I can make. So socially I can be accepted, you know, yeah. at the same time. All right. I know you've got to go to a meeting. Um, yeah. And what, what is your meeting about? It's an OHA meeting. It's an Oregon Hunter Association. Um, I'm on the board of I, this year. I volunteered because I, you know, I try, I'm trying to get more involved. Um, and be a part of the solution rather than just complaining about everything. Yeah. So I, I'm on the board. Um, if anybody here locally is listening, uh, we, we need more board members. Um, but it's, yeah, so we're talking about wolves tonight. And Ooh, um, that's a yeah, contentious it's a big topic. Meeting. Okay. Yes. Last thing before you go, because I know you got to rush. Um, yes, sir. What does outdoorsman, what does this outdoorsman of the year competition, what, what does this mean to you, for you? Is this something you're excited about? Does this feel like, you know, like uh, like I know when you signed up in the app, this is not the anticipation of like, you know, you didn't sign up with thinking like, man, I, I'm hoping to be a finalist. But, man, you we've had judges. We had 12 applicants that kind of wrote about their seasons, said all the different things they accomplished this year. I mean, I feel like it's a tremendous honor being nominated as one of the four finalists. But 
What does it mean to you to be a part of this competition and nominated as a finalist this year? Yeah, it it in it, it honestly it means a lot to me. It, I I don't I I know what I did this year, and my wife knows what I did this year, and my freezer knows what I did this year, and 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 it just for me internally, I'm happy with it. Um, this would be more of like a validation externally, you know, and sure. um, it 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 would really mean a lot to me because I mean it it would I had such a bad year in 2020 that this would basically be the seal of approval, the stamp on, you know, the, the icing on the cake, you know, I mean, the best part is, is the meat in the freezer and the memories made, but this would really mean a lot to me. I mean, it's, it's usually I'm the one doing the giveaways and the contests and, and to even be considered um, for something like this. Um, I mean, it was an exceptional year for me. It really was. I'm not one of those guys that goes, you know, to 5 million States a year and kills 30 animals. Yeah. This was a really good year for me. And, and it was the exact opposite of last year. And, and I set out to do something. I made goals. I worked out all year at the gym. I studied. I, I mean, I shot. I did everything. I shot my bow. I, I did everything. I practiced calling. I scouted. I did everything that a, a hunter should do to be successful. And, and I went out with the intent to have fun and, and hunt for myself more than usual. I mean, I, I'm always hunting for others or helping others fill their tags. And so I kind of was like, you know, I, I just really need to focus on myself and make my world small this year. Yeah. And then when I'm when I'm available and have filled my tags, that's when I can go out and try and bless other people with with a successful hunt. You know, if, if I can even be a part of it. And, and you um, did have some opportunities to do that. I know I know you said you yeah. didn't log some of those hunts. You spent probably at least 15 days trying to help buddies fill tags and those things. So 100 percent. Yeah, there's there's at least 15 days. My If you know me, my memory sucks. And so there's probably 15 days where I didn't log hunts for myself. And, and there's a there's a bunch I didn't log hunting for other people because they're on the app currently there's not a spot to where you're assisting in a hunt there's sure. just scout or hunt and so i didn't want to be you know disingenuous and log hunts that weren't mine you know and um and so i just recorded what i could and 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 i wasn't thinking about winning a competition when i was recording my hunts i was just trying to um participate in the league that i created and <laughs> yeah you know and and have fun and, and be able to talk crap to the guys i invited you know well so Garrett, congratulations on an incredible season. Thanks for taking time to record with us on the Hunt League podcast. Uh, I wish you the best of luck in the finals. Like, I'm, uh, I'm not a part of the judging of that, but, uh, you know, I, I truly wish you the best of luck, and uh, you are a deserving finalist. I, I couldn't be personally more honored to have somebody like you a part of the platform and... Uh, and a part of the finals competition. I think, man, you had a heck of a year. So congratulations on a great year. Thank you so much for joining us. And uh, we'll hear from the other finalists the rest of this week and let people kind of make their own decisions, and we'll see what the judges say on uh, February 1st. Thanks, man, and I appreciate it. And, um, you know, good luck to everybody else. I just hope that, the you know, the, the most deserving person wins. And, and if that's not me, I'm totally cool with it. Um, <laughs> I just, at this, at this point, it's just... I'm even honored and, and just super humbled to be even be a part of it. I mean, the other guys that are in the competition, we've all been messaging each other. We're all super cool and, and kind of rooting each other on. And so, <laughs> uh, you know, it's, it's uh, probably, probably tongue in cheek rooting each other on, but yeah. you know, it, it's, it's an honor it's and, good, and I really do appreciate it. It is. And, and there's a, there's a really good group of guys. Any, any four of us would deserve, would deserve the awards. So I, I do it. appreciate it, man. But uh, yeah, you're right. I do got to get going. I got five yeah. minutes to make Go it take care. Meeting. Go take care of this wolf problem you got in Oregon. And uh, I'll try. We'll, we'll catch up again soon. We'll see you on uh, February 1st at the live event. Thanks, man. See ya. Thanks, Garrett.